Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Zach. And welcome to the Movie Vault. Today, we watched Baby Driver. Baby Driver is a 2017 movie that was written and directed by Edgar Wright. It's the only movie where a baby is legally allowed to drive. Alright, now let's drift right into the plot. Nice. Okay, so now we get to start out with Sony's lame logo. I mean, like, one of the worst logos. Like, updated already. 20th Century Fox has a good logo, Disney has a good logo. Sony's just like, Sony. What about Paramount, the mountains? I guess that's not that interesting. Universal Studios is pretty cool. Yeah, Universal's good. So Sony, pretty low on that logo's chart. Anyway, we get some some cars driving by, and there's a robbery, and we see Ansel Elgort uh, Mm -hmm. sitting in the car singing. This is the guy from the Divergent series who played Caleb. I didn't really know that, but... I'm... Okay, I'm a... Yes. Correct. Yes. (laughs) Zach is indeed correct, which is pretty rare. True. (laughs) By the way, from... From last podcast, David said that I, I had to mention or something. But I actually agree with Ben and David. I'm not that great a podcaster. Ben it gets all the praise, and I really don't in any of this. Uh, well, I should probably not take all the credit. But, no, I'm just kidding. Zach definitely adds a lot to the episode and is a much firmer critic most of the time. All right, thank you for reading my script. Okay, <laughs> let's let's continue. So yes, there's a there's a robbery happening, and um, Baby, the main title character, has uh, sunglasses on and wired AirPods on, and um, he's just listening to his music, his jams, in a in a red Subaru. You can clearly tell that he's a getaway driver because uh, John Bernthal, one of the characters, um, he plays Griff, and he's only in the beginning of the movie, but he and uh, two other characters are going on a robbery. And uh, they come out, and Baby drives them away in this really cool opening scene with uh, some cool music going on. I don't remember the song, but I remember it um, went well with the the drifting and the um, just the the car mechanics. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty uh, impressive the stuff that Baby pulls off in this scene, um, driving all over the place. The cops clearly can't keep up with his statistics, and Baby. Or I said statistics. I, I rather his like driving ability. Uh, Baby is clearly uh, gifted in this regard, and he's pretty flashy. I would say too with his driving ability. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so he, they go back to this warehouse, and he he's working for a crew that the head guy named Doc, who is uh, played by Kevin Spacey, which no uh, comment. We have no comment about. Um, Other than he's not a very good person. Not, in real life. Yes, correct. He. Uh, He's a good actor, though. He is He is a talented actor. We yes. must give him that. So he plays Doc in this movie. And Doc puts these crews together to, to pull off heists and do robberies to get more money for himself. And uh, he, he says early on that um, his relationship with Baby is that Baby stole his car and um, went away with it. So he Baby owes him, like, favors, I guess. Right? Something like that. Yeah. He, he like, crashed his car that had a bunch of stuff in it. And because of that, he has to pay back Doc for what he owes him by driving. Now, Doc keeps him a little bit compensated here and there. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, um, uh, Baby is just doing it to get out of debt. Mm -hmm. So then Baby, uh, after this heist, he uh, goes to the local diner. And uh, he sees this girl. And he starts recording this girl singing. Singing B-A-B-Y, Baby. Clearly singing about him. I, yeah. I should say. Yeah. And this, I mean, Baby's a smooth operator when it comes to getting oh, women. Yeah. Recording women is a sure I took, way. I took more notes on Baby's 
<laughs> women influence than anything else in this movie. Let's just say that, okay? Yeah, baby, uh, you would think that it would turn out awkwardly, but it turns out that uh, this girl ended up being pretty charmed with Baby when she came to talk to him. Oh, and I, yeah. I think they both shared a, an interest in movies. So they found some common interest. You know, that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what you do when you're first starting a relationship yes. with someone. And music is a good place to start. Yes, I guess so. And, um, yeah, so he starts off by telling her how beautiful she is. That was pretty right off the bat. And uh, she has a fake uh, tag on for her name. It said Jonathan. But uh, later on it reveals her name's Deborah because I don't want to keep calling her the girl. So Deborah is pretty smitten by Baby. And then uh, Baby, um, it shows Baby back in another warehouse with a new crew this time. And uh, there's a... Uh, an Asian American guy, and Doc says that he puts the Asian in home invasion. <laughs> yeah, he gives these little nicknames to everyone, and he, he's pretty smooth about it. it it's funny. Yeah. And uh, I think at some point we had also seen Joe, who is somehow related, and I think we find out later in the movie that he is the foster dad to Baby. Yes. And he is deaf, but Baby knows sign language. They seem to get along pretty well, and he's. Not a big fan of Baby being involved in these robbery plots. Ben, be real. Do you think that Joe's eyes were the most beautiful eyes that you've ever seen on a human? Yeah, probably. He had the bluest eyes, like the ocean. Yeah, but Joe was the most likable character oh, in the movie. Oh, for sure, for sure. Like, you were rooting for Joe the whole time, no matter what happened to Baby or anybody else. He stole the ten minutes that he was in this movie. Yeah. that I mean, that guy should have gotten an Academy Award for Supporting Actor. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't even know who that guy's name is. We'll get to that when we get to acting. Sure, whatever. So Doc uh, reveals that Baby has tinnitus. Ten- yeah, tinnitus. And uh, the reason that Baby's always listening to music is to drown out the, the ringing in his ears that he uh, permanently has. Yeah, and this disease is um, something that is stopping Baby from having as full of a life as he can. But it also makes people think that he's kind of weird or strange. Because mm-hmm. why does he have his earbuds in all the time? Yeah. I mean, now that people have AirPods, we're really used to seeing people walk around. With with, with the money that Baby makes, he should have gotten some AirPod Pros or some AirPods. Like, and tw- when did AirPods come out? I don't know. What, what year did this movie take place? I don't know. Like actual time? If it's 2017, AirPods were definitely out. Yeah, because they came out in 2016. Yeah. And he was still using, like, old iPod, like, nanos. Like, I don't even know. I don't even know. That was, that was before our time. Yeah, so th- this must have been set a little bit earlier than when it was supposed to be. But well, he always kept those because it was more sentimental, too. Yeah. So, so then they get to the robbery. But before that, Bats is introduced. Jamie Foxx. Yeah, Jamie Foxx is Bats. And he is among many people who are skeptical of Baby. And he tries to kind of get in his head, but Doc makes it pretty clear that Baby is his driver, and this is how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Doc's in charge. He's the one that gets the whole crew together. And um, so they get put on a new job to a new robbery. There, there was a funny scene where uh, they said that they were going to wear Michael Myers masks. So, uh, Like from Halloween. Yeah, from the movie Halloween. And um, they, they, they got masks... Who messes up? Who buys the masks? I forget. Uh, it's it's either JD, the Asian American guy, or it's the other guy. Yeah, um, buddy. No, different character. No, it's a different character. Well, I'm anyway, sure. someone messes up and buys Mike Myers masks of Austin Powers. <laughs> so they're in this goofy, like white guy with like big square glasses, Austin Powers mask, while they go in to rob this bank, 
And you think it's going to be another smooth robbery like the first time. Well, you're dead wrong if you thought that. Shagalicious, baby. Because <laughs> we, got, we got Mr. American Hero in the parking lot who's trying to make sure that uh, they don't get away with the money. This guy's got... The... I bet that's a reference. Because Austin Powers always says baby. Maybe. No, it's got to be a reference because Edgar Wright's somebody who would make all kinds of references. True. So, so it's possible that there's been a lot of, uh, although a lot of the references that they made in this movie were weird, but I can't think of some of them off the top of my head. I don't know. Edgar like, Wright was involved in Ant-Man and ants are small like babies. <laughs> Maybe. And he was also in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which Michael Sarah is not the biggest guy. He's not. He's in Arrested Development. Oh yeah, he is. So. I don't know why Michael Sarah didn't play Baby Driver. That would have been awful. Yeah. <laughs> He's so awkward. not cool. He's very awkward. Yeah, they're trying to get away from this car, and this guy has like a full ammunition, like firearms department in his car. He's got his pistol, and then he pulls out some sort. I'm not familiar with that many guns, but it's some sort of like semi-automatic gun thing that it it's pretty intense. And so they get away from him in the parking lot, but then he ends up driving behind them on the highway. And so then there's a scene where. Baby is kind of maneuvering the car, and then Jamie Jamie Foxx's character, Bats, is trying to get a shot at the guy, but then Baby moves the car so he can't get the shot. Intentionally. Yeah, and, and this kind of annoys Jamie Foxx, but in the moment, he's okay with it because they're getting away. Uh, but he crosses the side of the highway, and then that guy wrecks his car, but I think he survives. because I he think does, they and he's in another scene in, on the TV in a hospital room. Yeah, and then they go steal this... They go steal this car with this mother and child, and they put him on the side of the road, and they get away. He said, uh, she, the woman goes, I have a child. And uh, uh, Bat says, I do too. I've got one too. And then he just <laughs> so, keeps pulling her out of the car. It's funny. So Jamie Foxx is like, we're on a level playing field here, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, we can't help it. And so uh, Jamie and the rest of them go into, the, uh, into this garage, switch out cars, and then uh, come back. To so he, he when he switches out the cars, he gets rid of one of the cars in a compound lot or something, and they crush the car, and he's having flashbacks of his parents who were killed in a car wreck right, from yeah. fighting too much or something like that. Yeah, so we get Baby has had traumatic experiences with cars. In fact, that might be what caused his ten, whatever that tinnitus. is. Tinnitus, actually. I'm not sure that was explicitly stated, but it's a possibility. True. He, in that scene, he also gets rid of his burner phone, which is what um, Doc uses to call Baby when he's needed for a drive. At the end of this, he's like, okay, so I'm going to be done. And so then he goes to talk to Deborah mm-hmm. because he is, like, really taking a like, liking for this girl. And then they go to a nice romantic date to the laundromat. Which, the clothes that were being washed on the laundromat were very primary color-based. And and I think it's probably because Edgar Wright is just like that. He likes things being flashy and bright. If, if you've ever watched Scott Pilgrim, which I've referenced a couple of times, that is one of the most overstimulating movies on the senses. And you get a little bit of that. Not as much, but you still get a little bit of that in Baby Driver with those kind of things. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so they reveal that Baby's foster dad is Joe. And, um, yeah, they, I mean, they get along at the laundry. Yeah, and, and they, they kind of, he kind of tells a story. Yeah. And then uh, Baby goes home and he's singing the song Deborah, like, in uh, relation to Deborah. And then um, Joe signs to Baby, you only have to, when 
So then, baby, I'm sorry, baby gets a job as a poli- a pizza delivery guy, right? Right, because he it's a good job. Yeah, that he can he make people smile. That's what Joe tells him. Yeah, baby's. I mean, baby's a good kid. He just made a mistake by stealing that car all those years ago, and he owed Doc this these favors now. Right, and he thinks that he's out now, so he's like, uh, I'm gonna. I don't. Uh, he has a bunch of money saved up, and so he's like, I don't need to make a ton of money. And then he takes. Deborah to this really fancy restaurant that he had heard um, a, a couple earlier talking about being the finest wine and dine place yeah. in the entire uh, village. And they're having a great time. You can tell the energy is there. It's really romantic. But then who's there to be the buzzkill? Good old Doc. But good old Doc. I mean, he should have thought about this. Like, Doc is, of course, going to be hanging out in the fanciest restaurant yeah. with all his buds. And he sees Baby and is like, or he probably knew that baby was going to be here, actually, knowing Doc. True. And, and he, he tells Doc, he's like, you're not done. I told, you're, not, you're not in debt to me, but I'm also going to kill everybody that you love if you don't work for me. And so. break his legs, which apparently he reemphasizes more than killing his loved ones. But yeah, baby says that he's, um, he talks to Debbie, says that he's not good enough for her, blah, blah, blah. Trying to like ease it off a little bit so that she's not too close to him in this process so that she wouldn't get hurt from baby's decisions. Yeah, he's trying to hint at that he's not in a lifestyle that is particularly good for her to be in. He doesn't really want to involve her. He kind of realizes that he's in over his head. But um, what's he going to do? He has to get back to work. And then the next scene happens, and it's probably one of my favorite scenes. It's where... uh... Uh, Doc brings his nephew and baby to scout out a local post office where they're going to steal um, some what are these papers that they can fill out and exchange them for money from a machine or something like that, something of the sorts. Doc has like a friend that can use these pamphlets from post offices mm-hmm. to make small $1,000 charges. So I don't know, something like that, something of the sorts. But Doc's, Doc's nephew's in this scene, and uh, they go inside the post office and... First of all, they meet the most nice post office lady that I'd ever seen. I don't think that there's a nicer post office employee in the entire world. Obviously, this lady is an actor, but she has acted so nice. And, like, you know, Baby was in line. There was nobody behind him. Yeah, like, like, there's no post office in America that there's not a line in, I, even in really rural when towns. When I went to the post office, the lady's like, next, come here, all right. And I'm like, I want a peppermint, you know? I want I want a good you want You want her to say that, Zach, I have a peppermint with your I name on it. I want a peppermint that says Z-A-C-H-E-R-Y, okay? Not A-R-Y. E-R-Y, the E-R-Y. proper way to spell Zachary. yes. Yeah, but anyway. so they get the whole experience, and then we get these funny scenes where the nephew is like helping baby uh, tell Doc like how many people are, all the information and stuff that he needs to know, and then they go back to meet with Bats, Buddy, Darling, and, and that I mean that's the crew, baby, Bats, Buddy, and Darling. And Buddy and Darling are like madly in love. They're always like making out in the background. Yeah, like all the time. It's it's kind of weird, but they're clearly crazy about each other yeah and so bats is kind of like he's annoyed at that and then bats is also kind of not the biggest fan of baby because he's like you should be putting your focus and then he feels like baby has his earbuds in all the time so like it's basically like baby boomers and millennials or gen z no it's gen z yeah Yeah, you know like the okay boomer meme like uh bats is the boomer and baby is the gen z kid Although the boomer tends to be taking more of the shots at this point. But uh, but uh, Doc calms him down. 
um, somehow, and they they are doing this post office robbery, which is pretty risky. And uh, so they get there, and baby, and and it seems to be going as planned until Bats gets out, and then baby sees the postal worker that he saw, and she recognizes him. Mm-hmm. Which how realistic is this? Like, would would you recognize a random person if you worked at the post office and saw hundreds of people? I was day? at California Pizza Kitchen yesterday, and the waitress remembered me. Okay, she so it's possible. My drink, and it was crazy. Okay, but you have you have red hair, so you're more memorable. That's true, that's true. But baby, apparently, was but she remembered my drink. Okay, that's a good waitress. That right? that is a pretty good waitress. That's somebody with a really good memory who's putting that to use at their job. Yeah. Baby is like, oh no, this isn't good because she's gonna be able to identify him. And so uh, when when they all get back, the cops are about. To, she's about to like, get him busted. And then he he hasn't reacted to what to do in there. And Buddy, Darling, and Bats are all telling him to drive. And, and Bats pulls a gun on him and says, drive. And so what does Buddy do? He drives the car forward. Although I realized that we kind of missed an important part of the plot. Where he they found his tapes. Yeah. Actually, two important parts of the plot. What was the other so, one? backtracking. <laughs> ba- so, in a flashback scene, this is definitely how the movie goes, this by the This is the, the director's way. cut. There, there, uh, buddy. There's two interactions between Buddy and Bats that kind of work up to this moment of the death. First of all, Bats happens to want to go to the diner that Deborah works at, and there it's a very tense scene because uh, Baby says no. Baby says no, and then obviously they have to go then because Bats is like an alpha male and it has to happen. And then that he can't recognize that Deborah's there. He tells Baby that he doesn't know Deborah. End of scene. And then we get the scene where all the tapes he like records people and then he turns them into mixtapes. So he's been doing that to the robbers. Well, they find out about it, Buddy and Bats, and they're pretty they're pretty upset. But somehow uh, Baby convinces him that he's still their driver. But all that tension led up to this moment where Baby is just like, screw it, and drives the car forward and impale into another truck and like it impales Bats. So that's kind of the context. Of, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, and, and you kind of, you know that Bats is going to die because he constantly references th- it throughout the whole movie. But anyway, we got this whole thing, this whole chase scene that involves uh, the rest of the people, Baby, Buddy, and Darling. Baby and Buddy g- and Darling go their separate directions, um, but they end up in the same place after being chased around for a while, both trying to steal cars and get away. Um, while she's shooting, Darling is shot by the cops. Which is also pretty cool. And then this obviously greatly upsets Buddy, and he blames it all on Baby. Then but, Buddy goes full Terminator on all of those yeah. cops and kills them. And uh, so if I'm not mistaken, Baby gets away by stealing this old lady's car. He goes to get Joe. Well, he gives her her purse. Yeah, That's he gives her her purse. And he goes to get Joe. And the lady uses a nasty word. Mm. She does. You wouldn't think an old lady would do that, but she did. Anyway, uh, he goes to get Joe. Uh, Joe and he takes Joe to a nursing home. Joe's like, "Are you gonna be okay?" He says, "I'll be fine." Then he goes to get Deborah, but who is at the diner when Deborah's there? But Buddy, John Wick. John Wick. He doesn't go away. He's still there. But this cop comes in, and you think he's gonna come bust both of them, but here he doesn't recognize either of them. Somehow, I guess maybe they didn't get Baby on film, but you think he would recognize Buddy, maybe. But no, he just had to go to the bathroom, and you get this really tense scene, and then. Right at a moment of surprise, Baby takes advantage of the situation and shoots Buddy. But then Buddy, Buddy shoots the cop 
that came out of the bathroom. He just wanted right. to go to and the then, bathroom. And then Buddy and Deborah get into the car and run away, or go away. And they, they and then they try to find another car, and they have to get this Dodge Challenger. And then Baby goes back to Doc, because he's like, maybe Doc will help me, which at first you're like, why would Doc help him? But it's his only hope. Right. It's his only hope. And Doc does eventually cave because he sees how in love Deborah and... Love and is always the answer. Love is the answer. And then he gets destroyed because if you make dumb decisions, you get blown up. And he makes a weird Monsters, Inc. reference before that. Oh, yeah. Monsters, Inc. is in this movie twice. Yeah, it's kind of... Like I said, there's strange references in this movie. Did you movie. like Monsters University? Yeah, it was pretty good. I liked it, too. Uh, I like Monsters, Inc. better, but I think Monsters, yeah, University Monsters is Inc. good. Yeah, Monsters, Inc. is pretty good. Then we get... Oh, yeah. So then there's these thugs from an earlier scene who they try to shoot them. They end up getting shot, but but then Buddy comes back driving the cop car from the cop that he Buddy's shot. Buddy's still alive. Yeah, this third act of the movie is kind of like Buddy's still alive. And then there's so many face-offs between them. Yeah, so let's just say Buddy dies about three or four times in this movie. Yeah, you think he's dead three or four times. So there's one scene where Baby and uh, Deborah are in a car, and they're pushing Buddy's car off of a cliff, and his car falls down. And then Baby's like... Yeah, we did it. But then, like, Buddy's right behind him. And it's so predictable. Like, you know that Buddy's going to be yeah, there. Yeah, you know, but because you don't he... want him to be there. And and then he almost gets Baby. He shoots by both of his ears, which I think harms his ears, maybe temporarily, maybe permanently. I, it was kind of unclear. He's about to shoot him when he's hitting the hand with the crowbar by Deborah. And Like, out of all the places, why would you hit his hand? He knocks the gun out of his hand, and then they start fighting, and then Baby gets the gun. And does he shoot him, or does he somehow push him off the edge? Somehow he falls off the edge. No, he falls off the edge in some way or form. Yeah, somehow he falls off the edge onto his burning car, and then the car explodes more. So. And then he comes back again. Psych. No, he doesn't. Yeah, oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, you think they got away, but they didn't, because the cops find them later and make this thing. And then Baby's like, okay, hands up, I'll go with the cops. After, like, kissing her real hard. Yeah, like, big make-out session in the car before. And that's got to be awkward for the cops. Yeah, they're like, we're just trying to arrest this guy. Why is he making us uncomfortable? <laughs> like, this is weird. Like, don't do that. And he throws the key to the car into the river. That's also something. That's what I'm saying. There should be a keychain that floats so that you can never drop your keys in the water and lose them. I don't know whether we should have kept that in the episode, Zach. That is a genius idea. So don't steal that. Don't worry, I'll patent it before before tomorrow. Right, and then, uh, but but baby gets sentenced to twenty five years in prison. But five years he gets a parole hearing, and we get all this montage of him in prison, mopping the floor, doing all this stuff, and everyone saying what a good person he was. Besides the fact that he was a getaway driver and maybe led to the death of some people, I I kind of am lost on who directly. But that one cop just wanted to go to the bathroom. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and then he somehow he somehow died. Why should we be punished for going to the bathroom? Right, but it, it appears that he gets out on parole after five years because he's still pretty young. Uh-huh. And and Deborah's right there, and then they drive off into the distance, and they don't have to worry about being lo- looked at from behind from or get, being chased because he's done his time, which maybe they should have just turned themselves in the first time, but then all those things that happened that made him a good person, like giving the purse back, mm-hmm. wouldn't have happened. Yeah, like, you can you can cause so many people to die, but if you give an old lady her purse, you are redeemed. Yeah, that's how that works. I, that's, I think that's what the judge thought, too. So, with that, that is our, our summary of the plot. We, we probably missed a few things, but 
That's okay. You can we go watch. The, we got the gist can, of it. You can go watch the movie yourself if you're interested. So, uh, should we get into our, our rating? Nine point rating system. Uh, not oh, eight. We are improving every week, folks. And now we have introduced our nine point rating system. Thank what you it- to my friend Liam. Um, he said that we should add score slash soundtrack as yes. our ninth point. And what better week could you add a, a score such as that as this movie, which it has mu- music heavily involved in the plot of, of the movie? Edgar Wright, of course. Um, Edgar Wright is a big fan of music. If you've ever watched Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, there's some pretty good music in it. All right, let's get started. What is number one? Sentiment. All right, what did you give it? I give it a seven. Same. Yeah, this movie is good. It's very, it's very good, but I didn't find it to be a movie that was like, like really got yeah. me. It's, I'd say, it's more sentimental than Good Time, but less than Polar Express. Okay, I, I actually haven't seen Polar Express in a long time and had very little sentimental attachment hey, well, to Christmas it. Christmas is almost here. You got three more months. Somebody recommend that, please. All right, so we also just covered plot, so let's do plot next. What'd you give it? I give it a six. I give it a seven. Okay, so I give it a six because I, I don't know. I just, the plot at the end kind of like ruined it for me because I didn't really like how it, the third act. Yeah, that's why I was going to give it like an eight or something. But then I thought like the end, like the last 20 minutes of the movie just like, oh, it just went too long, I think. They just yeah. kept coming, bringing Buddy back and then like he went to prison, he got caught, he got caught again, like different things, blah, blah, blah. Is he with the girl? Is he not with the girl? At that point, I don't care, okay? Right, Buddy kept coming back, and I didn't really like the montage at the end. Again, I like ambiguous endings better. I'd rather it ended with them driving off or with him going to prison. Like, Don't try to neatly wrap it. And Good all- Time had an ambiguous ending. Right, yeah, he got arrested. What happened after he got arrested? Who knows? Who cares? The, who cares? We don't. <laughs> I don't think Zach did, because Zach didn't like Connie that much. No. But uh, Baby maybe is a more likable character so people want to see that but i felt like the whole last five minutes were especially kind of unneeded and mostly there for sentimental purposes which i feel backfired for me actually i didn't think they made me feel less sentimentally attached yeah, to the movie it definitely did um moral is our third point what did you put for that <laughs> I, I i i feel like i might have overrated moral because i gave it a six but I, I don't actually know what the message of this movie I is i give it a six because it does explain that like Sometimes you can put yourself in hard situations where you have to do the wrong thing. Like, you can corner yourself in life, you know? But um, they don't really redeem him besides falling in love and giving an old lady her purse. Right. I, I think it deals with some moral questions and it has somewhat of a message. But I don't know how it resolves that other than, like, love is the answer. Yeah, I gave it a six only because he still had a good heart, even though he was in yeah. all those troubling situations. That's so. true. I, it, it's not an ideal situation to be in, and you know, he could either do that robbery, or every everyone around him would, like, automatically die, so I guess he's putting the chance that some people might die might die, yeah. or if he didn't do it, some people will die. It's like a Breaking Bad slash Fargo situation where good people can do bad things, but it yeah. changes them Valid. in the long run. That's a, that's a really good comparison. So, um, yeah. What's the next point? Uh, there's character arcs. Okay, I gave it a 6. I gave it an 8 because I thought Baby's character arc and Deborah's were pretty good. I thought that Baby, you got to see this like slowly unwrapping person 
And at first he was like really quiet and then you get to see who he really is. Although, you know, thinking about it now, I'm like, maybe eight's a little high, but you know, I got to go with my, my gut reaction. I gave character arcs a six. I thought that it was okay. I mean, obviously some of them were pretty okay, but, um, baby, I mean, his goal, the entire movie was basically to just get out of the system and get out of Doc's control. And uh, he eventually does, but he had to find different resources. So adaptation and uh, also falling in love in some sorts where he finally found someone he can put above himself. And um, so, yeah, that's why I gave it a six. So, like, it was okay, you know. So cinematography, uh, I gave this one an eight. I gave it an eight as well. It's hard not to... I think we've tied on all of them except for... Character uh, arcs. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to... Edgar Wright is a good director. He's... He knows what he's doing behind the camera. Um, he's very stylistic. He he uses the camera well. He did a really good job with all of the chase scenes and the cars. Um, I think it's it's not a nine or ten because I think that it, there's 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 just people who are are better. Actually, I don't. I'd be curious to see what I rated Good Time because honestly, I might actually prefer the style of Good Time, which I know is very unpopular to some people I because would not. it's just more interesting. But this is, is very stylistic and very good. Yeah, I agree. I think that it was just cool to see like the top view, like aerial views of those car chase scenes. And uh, like it was the cinematography was just cooler in action scenes than in other movies. So specifically in action scenes. Um, originality. What did you give it? Eight. I give it a nine. This movie was original and uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about this more, but the the concept of using the music was pretty good yeah and uh you don't really hear about the those people that are just getaway drivers you always see the stories about the robbers or the the cops or the heroes or the villains but you never hear about the middlemen you know well if we ever do the movie drive which was recommended to us uh it also is about a getaway driver and it's one of my favorite movies so i hope we do it (laughs) you spoiled it oh Dang it. I'm just joking. Okay. Next, we have acting. Um, I give it... Well, how about we get, have you give, give your rating first okay, this time? Okay, you're so, you're so sweet. You're so yeah. kind. I feel valued. Okay, I give it a six. We're going to have to cut that part out. Zach, you're not valued. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, it's a six. Oh, wow. Six. That's kind of harsh. Uh, a little I, bit. I gave, I gave mine an eight because I thought that everyone was pretty good. Although, come to think of it, Kevin Spacey was like not surprisingly not that good. Or is that yeah. who you were thinking of? Yeah, I'd say for us to say. Yeah, like uh, I think Jamie Foxx was funny and Ansel Elgort was amazing. And then uh, Lily James, Lil, is that her name? The girl who plays Deborah. Um, oh, not that girl. Uh, yeah, Lily James. She's. She's pretty good, and uh, most of the other people were good. And Sky, Sky Ferraria is in this, the pop singer, so that was interesting. But she doesn't have a very big rule, uh, role in the movie. John Hamm was good as Buddy. Uh, Kevin Spacey was kind of a weak spot. John Bernthal was okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what's his face? What is his name? His name was Griff. Yeah. He. Everyone had pretty good comedic timing. I think. So that's why I give it an eight. How about you? What, what would you why, why the six? Um, Jamie Foxx and, um, yeah, Jamie Foxx and Ansel Edgort, uh, they did it for me. But the rest of them just didn't really stick out. Nobody really stuck out too far in this movie besides Ansel. 
And and the guy who played uh, Joe with the signing act. Oh, Joe's my favorite. Hit, you know what stuck out was, was his eyes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Joe's eyes win the act, best actor in the movie. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, okay, how about style? Style? I gave that a 7. Uh, yeah, in style, uh, I, I gave it a 9. You gave it a 7, right? Yes. Uh, I thought that the style was was really good like really really good mm-hmm. like with the music and everything and then the 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 choppy like beats and i thought it like everything fit really well with the movie every everything that was used was clearly used for a purpose all the 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 bright imagery and uh the nighttime scenes were cool i mean there's just a lot of like even that that scene where they like refer to all the weapons as like pork or like pig Part, cuts i mean it's just all really neat and i thought it was really good so i gave it a nine yeah i gave it a seven i mean it was cool i liked the i liked the music that went along with the action but uh yeah i mean i just i guess seven is just my my version of good <laughs> so uh zach we just came to slightly different conclusions on that one now we get to our, our first ever rating of a movie soundtrack Let's and see who's higher. We say it at the same time on three. One, two, wait, no, at, after three. One, two, three, nine. eight. Okay. All right, I give it a nine. This is a brilliant movie soundtrack. Not not quite one of the best movie soundtracks. I don't know whether I should say what my favorite movie soundtracks. Just say it. Okay, so, so Taxi Driver has one of the best movie soundtracks. And then Donnie Darko also has one of the best movie soundtracks. And I think Reservoir Dogs, I also really like the movie, the soundtrack too. Any Quentin Tarantino movie though has a pretty good soundtrack. Except but, for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, yeah, that one actually, yeah, it doesn't really stick out that much. The soundtrack of uh, Donnie Darko uses a, a lot of cool music. Um, but this one is, is pretty high up there. They use a, a lot of variety. It's like mostly older music. Um, kind of actually what I'm into listening to right now. So that that kind of helps. Although none of the songs in particular were ones that I've really listened to that much, but it's a good soundtrack. Yeah. I gave it an eight because the music fit really well with the, the action sequences and, uh, what the characters were feeling. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to total ratings. What was your score and percentage? So my score was 69. Nice. Out of 90. 69 out of 90, which is equal to 76%. Okay, I think this is my highest rating yet. I gave it a 64 out of 90, which is a 71.1%. This is uh, definitely Zach's highest rating by like 11%. Yep. So uh, Zach uh, has finally gotten into the 70s. I have three movies in the 70s. Zach only has one, but you know. What what was your percentage on the B movie again? It was 58%. (laughs) That's pretty, that's. That's generous right there. Generous for yeah. the B-movie? The B-movie is hilarious. It is hilarious. It's a good movie. I rated it based on the fact that it's the B-movie. You know, like, how do you rate the B-movie, really? I guess you can't. It's just completely different It's hard standards. to compare the B-movie to, like, this. Yeah, I guess. Um, but, yeah, my lowest rated one is The Notebook, um, still, at 50%. Maybe one of these days I'll get a movie that I really don't like. That's below 50%. But right now, hasn't happened. Zach, it has with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. This one actually ties Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in my rankings. Wow. That's so crazy, it's above actually. Good Time. Even though I think if I was ranking them on a list, I would rank Good Time higher than this. But from a critical standpoint, this is a better made movie, I, I guess, from from my uh, take. And I bet the soundtrack helps with that a lot. Yeah. 
All right, that's all of the nine points. So do you have any other afterthoughts about the movie? Any cool scenes or anything? Um, uh, the opening scene stuck out as being pretty cool. Um, but I, don't, I didn't really have too many that I thought stuck out. How about you? What do you think? I like, um, I like that scene in the beginning where Deborah and Baby kind of just meet. They just start, start get to talking, and uh, Baby's recording her singing. And then she just comes around the table, like, on the other side. And she's like, were you recording me? <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> and I don't know that she actually realizes that he was. Yeah. And then she just starts talking into the... Yeah, it's a good scene. I think a lot of the scenes with uh, with Baby and Deborah, Deborah are yeah. good. And, and the scenes with <laughs> Ansel Elgort dancing, singing, yeah. like, all the different Deborah songs... And then seeing Joe's reaction, being like, I think this girl is, like, Yeah, that good. was my second favorite scene right there. It was, uh, he was dancing to the Deborah song, and Joe gives his thumbs up, and he goes, he says, I approve of this girl. <laughs> <laughs> Joe is just, uh, he's everything that you would want from a father figure, other than maybe he doesn't stop him from being involved. But the thing is, Joe is disabled and deaf. He, there's no way that he's going to be able to stop baby from doing the things that he's doing and he also is baby is in a tough situation maybe it's because he robbed the car in the first place but now how is he gonna get out of there was a scene between joe and baby where baby had just started his pizza delivery job and uh, he was counting his money and joe said you only have to wash your hands once after counting that so he was talking about obviously obviously it's a metaphor for um washing your hands of the dirty things that you do in the job that in the line of work that you were in but uh, he's saying Joe is just approving of the line of work that he was in now, which is a pizza delivery guy. Yeah, Joe is is trying to get him on the right path, but you know there's a limited option for what he can do, and and the relationship is it's pretty neat because you, I think you wouldn't expect these two to have uh, been in the relationship they were with him being in foster care, but it, it turns out to to be probably one of the be- better relationships in his life. His parents seem like they loved him but they were caught up in arguing with each other before they died. It was actually arguably the cause of their death. Arguably. <laughs> yeah, because because they were arguing and they weren't looking at the road and that's how they got into the car accident in the first place. So seeing that and going to somebody like Joe, who is in the foster care system and is try, trying to give him a better life, and that's the only reason that he's, he's doing it, is to try to give um, Baby a better life. But, you know, Baby has to make decisions for himself, and um, sometimes they're not good. And so Joe is now his rock that's kind of there for him, even when he does things that he yeah. probably shouldn't. So, yeah, any uh, any other thoughts or housekeeping? Uh, no, not really. Um, do you want to do uh, randomize and figure out what movie we're going to do next week? Let's do it. All right, so on our spreadsheet, the official Movie Vault spreadsheet... Uh, we have uh, a list of suggestions given to us by our listeners. And in this list, we have right now, we have only movies that are available currently on streaming s- services. So, like Netflix, that we have access to. So, like Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, Apple TV. Um, we, and the way this will work is that we'll put it through the randomizer and. Um, is what, anything truly random though yeah i mean probably not and whatever movie is on top at at the end of the randomizer will be the movie that we do next week okay so three, three two, two one shuffle all right here we go
Oh. <laughs> We're doing Nacho Libre next Nacho week. Nacho Libre, Jack Black, my second favorite actor. Wait, who's your favorite actor? Ken Jeong. Ken Jeong. <laughs> I love Ken Jeong. Ken Jeong is so funny. No, okay, third favorite actor. It goes Ken Jeong, Benedict Cumberbatch, and then Jack Black. I, I will see. Mine are Brad Pitt, and then I'd have to think about it. I don't know. Leonardo actually. DiCaprio, probably. No, I actually don't think that he's my second favorite. Oh, but wow. I, I can't think about Like, I guess maybe... There's a lot of people. I've watched one really good movie that they've done. Yeah. Like I like Ryan Gosling in like one thing, and I like. Um, you mean the Notebook? No, not the Notebook. <laughs> I like him in Drive, which I I keep bringing up. That's on this list now. It's a bummer it wasn't. All right, so up. Nacho Libre. We're gonna add to the comedy section of this podcast. Yeah, and uh, if you have any thoughts or suggestions, um. Or and just anything that you want to say to us. Yeah, anything you want to talk about, we're here yeah. for you. Um, you can email us at themoviebeltpod at gmail.com or you can DM us at themoviebeltpod um, on Instagram. Uh, we have Twitter. Follow us at themoviebelt1 uh, where we have posted one thing and you can see it and you can retweet it. And it has one like. And it has one like. <laughs> <laughs> we're really trying to grow our Twitter page we're, from one like to two. <laughs> we're really we're really focusing on the twitter yeah um it's and, like a monthly campaign. um if, if you're interested in sponsoring or supporting the podcast you can also contact us yeah. and we can work something out if you know somebody who's interested and uh keep sharing it with your friends uh, with your family um if you're talking to your grandma or your cousin be like there's this great movie podcast and they're doing nacho libre next week and actually we've actually grown a lot since we started we've yeah had, we've had we have different countries involved in our podcast now yeah so if you're in a different country and you're listening to us spread it to your friends who who are in that country or maybe you have family who are even outside of the country what what however the means of doing it we want to grow this podcast to be as big as possible and have uh, a community of people who who love movies and that we can get to know so also if you have any ideas on how you want to like grow a community of listeners together whether it be through a facebook group or something like that we love your insight we want to get to know you guys uh and so you're not just random people on our screen who who pop up yeah actually i just got the list up we have lots of people from the united states a few from mexico a few from slovakia from Canada, Germany, and the United Kingdom. So greetings to all of you. Thank you for tuning in. I don't know how you found us, but we really appreciate it. Yeah, I have no idea. And uh, if you'd like to write us a review on Apple Podcasts, which will hopefully be positive, but we won't be mad if it's negative. And you can uh, write to us be. how you discovered us and uh, what you like and maybe what you don't like even. Um, but uh, we're just really excited about how this is going, and we hope to keep building it and building bigger things yeah for sure and uh shout out to liam once again for adding that ninth point of score slash soundtrack if you have an idea for a tenth point we're on the lookout we we're very we're very ocd complete the set please we need a tenth point (laughs) yes and uh yeah with that it is now time to close the movie vault see you next week (laughs)